0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sunshine and Brain, part of the Perry Veritas Network podcast where we take conversations about mental health and inner struggle and turmoil and um, try to have these conversations in the most uh, normal, everyday way possible. Uh, this episode is part three of a three-part conversation between me and my friend Andre about race and racism. Uh, When you actually pull back, it's actually part five of a five-part conversation between me and Andre. The first one being an episode that he and I did back in April about his personal story and struggle and the various things he's dealt with. Uh, The follow-up episode being between me and him and his girlfriend, Jessica, about uh, their experience being African-American in the United States um and uh now this uh three-part conversation between me and andre about racism you know from my perspective a conversation about uh my own uh racism uh the ways in which that i have as a white person in america uh been a part of the problem and not part of the solution and for him a conversation about just how you know we can figure out how to make the changes we need to make and our society uh, to do away with things like racism and every ism. That holds people back from opportunities to be themselves. Uh, look, I want to get to this episode as quickly as possible. I really appreciate Andre and I really enjoy this uh, uh, conversation. So I don't want to take up too much of your time in this uh, intro piece here. Usually I'll take some time to, you know, ask everyone how they're doing and, you know, fill everyone in in terms of how I'm doing, etc. cetera. But uh, for this episode, I just want to go ahead and get right to it. Uh, a couple of quick things first, though, as usual, you know, uh, like uh subscribe <laughs> share this podcast with as many people as uh as you can we obviously want to spread the word and um and see if we can make a, as big of a difference as possible and uh, a couple quick notes about um Andre and things he's got going on going on I want to plug my friend here um, obviously he's a great artist uh, we've talked about that in the past you can see his work at um andrejosephmartin.com if you look up andre joseph martin on uh on ig you'll find pictures that he's drawn etc he's uh open and available for commission so uh, feel free to reach out and uh, give him some business the other piece is he's actually started a podcast um this is a podcast called ideas by andre it's a really brilliant idea um, i'm not surprised um, not only is it a great idea, and he's he 's uh, obviously a um, a brilliant man, but he 's also got the best voice in the business so um, if you enjoy just listening to him in <laughs> this conversation, which I know many people do, feel free to just uh open up that pod and and enjoy it. These are five minute episodes where he just shares one idea, one creative idea after another, you know sort of a, a thought that he might be having or a character he 's come up with, et cetera so um yeah 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 go go check it out it 's great uh and uh, just as you do for this one, like subscribe. Share it with your friends. Uh, you know, make um, make him as successful as we can possibly possibly can. Uh, the man is brilliant; he deserves it. And the other piece is just to you know before we get started here, just as a quick kind of catch up reminder, I want to kind of remind everybody that the the you know for this conversation, Andre and I have used two sources to kind of trigger the different things we've talked about. These are the um, just small little sources I've sort of dove into and used to think about, you know, the topic of racism and, and used to kind of rearrange my neural pathways so that I can be a part of the solution moving forward in my life and not a continued part of the problem. And uh, these two sources are one, a podcast uh, called Seeing White, which is a 14-episode sort of season put out by a, a podcast called Scene on Radio. It's Seen as an S-C-E-N-E on radio. But you can go onto Spotify and just type in "Seeing White or Seen on Radio, and you'll get there. They did this podcast back in 2017. It's a deep dive into the history of whiteness and uh, everything sort of involved there. And I found it really transformative to listen to it. And the other piece is an article. Uh, Both of these were sent to me by my sister, by the way, uh, one of my three, uh, the oldest of the three, Rachel, who's uh, an awesome human being. And I'm really thankful for her uh, that she sent me these pieces. But uh, this is an article called Whiteness on the Couch by uh, um, uh, an author whose last name is Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L. You can Google that and find it. It's a really long article. It's like over 7,000 words. And I couldn't actually get through it the first time I tried. Like, really, really, you know, it was like an information emotional overload. Um, and I had to listen to the podcast before finally being able to, like, really read and take in that article. So that was transformative as well. And I I really recommend it. There's a gazillion other sources out there. So, um, you know, I encourage everyone to dive in and, um, you know, do what they can to make a difference in our country, you know, and in our society moving forward. So with that, let's just go ahead and jump in. I hope everyone enjoys this conversation. Uh, As always, if you want to join into the conversation, feel free to reach out to me, josh at periveritas.com. That's my email address. Uh, I promise to get back to you uh, to bring the conversation to the pod and, uh, you know, to include your voice. So I hope everyone's doing well and I hope you enjoy this uh, part three of the conversation. Let's go ahead and roll the tape. Roll it. So I just press record and sure, we're just sure. like starting in the fucking middle here. Um, and not that I'm like unhappy that like what I just said isn't, I should just say it anyway. Yeah. No, fuck <laughs> it. let's just get started. <laughs> let's just get started. Um, first things first, uh, how are you? I am okay. Surprised I'm awake because I've been up since 2.30 for no good reason at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've been listening back to the first two parts of this conversation. And Mm -hmm. like realizing that there's a handful of things that Mm -hmm. if this was like a very popular podcast would have mad people rolling their eyes at this point. Like a lot (laughs) of people rolling, (laughs) like really, really just rolling their eyes. Not at you, at me, at me. Well, first thing, (laughs) first thing is I can see right off the bat, like, you know, when you, when you edit these things and you like put them side by side and like it records two separate tracks. So it's like a real sure. physical, like, this is what our conversation looked like. Right. And right, right. in both parts and this part so far, it's like primarily me, <laughs> but that's my nature anyway. I'm not the most talkative dude ever. Yeah, I know. But between me and like in our conversations, typically it's more of a 50 50 kind of deal. That's true, you right. know what I mean? Like I don't think that, like, I, like, over the years of our friendship, I don't think I've monopolized the conversation, but I'm a bit more wordy than you are. Yeah, yeah, you're totally, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, laconic? Is that the word? Laconic? I think, that, <laughs> I, I think that's the word. Anyway, so, like, uh, so yeah, no, there's this whole thing about, like, you know, oh, the, the white guy is having a conversation with a black guy about race, and the white guy is doing, like, all the talking,
1: and not a lot
0: of them listening. <laughs> And that like would definitely have people rolling their eyes for sure, and I feel like that's total. I you know it's probably warranted. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I guess I saved my ranting and raving towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just get you worked up and then just kind of let you go with it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. No, there's 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 an aspect of that. Like I like a whiteness and maleness, and I want to. Maleness, I think, might come up later in this uh, in this pod. But um,
1: I think I, whiteness and,
0: no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I think whiteness and maleness have a lot in common. Um, and I remember I took this uh, sociology class in college <laughs> that was um, women's lives was the name of the course. And it was a course on feminism, uh, not just feminism, but but, you know, all sorts of things around. Patriarchy and the, um, you know, the, the ways in which women have been subjugated sort of throughout the years by men. And I remember this one Mm -hmm. specific class where the conversation was about rape. And what she had us do was we kind of like maneuvered the seats into two concentric circles, an inner circle and an outer circle. And the inner circle facing inward, all of the women in the class sat in the inner circle. And the outer circle was for the men. And this was the one class where men weren't allowed to talk like at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was a really interesting <laughs> experience, like actually taking part in a conversation, really listening to a person and not having to like sit and not like sitting there and thinking about what I was going to say as they were talking. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, Understand. yeah, like, like really, really being present in the conversation. And that's like a, a thing that I think a lot of white people and a lot of men do, which is that when we're having a conversation with someone we might consider to be beneath us, if we're men, you know, that would be women. And if we're white people, that would be anyone who isn't white. Like we sit there and we don't do a lot of listening. We do a lot of talking. right? So mm-hmm. that's like, uh, that's one thing. So first things first, like off the bat, as I've done all the talking so far in this podcast,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm uh, I'm sorry about that, and You're I wonder at all. <laughs> what? No worries, no worries at all. Uh, <laughs> okay. Good, and I, I wonder if there's anything from the first two conversations, or just anything in general that, like, I don't, um, you know, you listen back to the first two, or whatever. There's anything that, like, you think I miss, or that you want to be sure to bring up now before we, I guess, dive into the conversation today uh anything we missed no i don't think so i mean well there's probably there's probably a mountain of things we've missed right yeah um can't can't encapsulate everything uh but no no i think i i, I brought home my main point was like it's it's about going forward from this terrible position that society's in right now more so than yeah looking back yeah yeah you know what's scary, you know like when you think about me and who i 've been and like knowing me like through my you know through most of my life at this point right um you wouldn't like cast me as a i would i'm assuming <laughs> this might be a big assumption, but i'm assuming that you wouldn't cast me as like a difficult white person you know what i mean my like fault. part of the part of the problem right right But think know. about like how deep we've had to go in this conversation to bring you along <laughs> but i still feel like i still feel like the uh the thing that had the tightest grip wasn't the so-called race relations or however we want to talk about that or the, the all that any of the ethnicity know culture any other thing it was it's the capital <laughs> right yeah i feel like that was like the last the last demon it still has its icy grips. <laughs> it's the capitalism. It's the capitalism. Yeah, yeah no, you, I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, alongside the capitalism, I think probably uh, some materialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that at some point. And then also, I think also maleness. I think. Um, I think. I think I, I think I and probably all men in the same way that all white people need to take a good, close look at their maleness and do a deep dive into it and try to, you know, find those blind spots in the same way that we've been. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, don't th- I agree with you on capitalism and, and materialism and all that stuff. We can go on for days about that. that that's a problem. Yeah. Something I've done. Maleness. I- you, we're just fossils on that like <laughs> it's over <laughs> that that battle's already lost <laughs> the, I don't, it's I don't, over man fuck like it. people talking about uh male female man like the, those ideas do not mean what we think they mean anymore no yeah that's and, and yeah, everybody that's just good. a couple of years younger than us gets that way better than than we do and you're 100 percent right yeah yeah <laughs> You're 100% I mean, A lot of right. things that have, we know is just just like race. It's like superficial. There's more gender roles than there is gender it being anything necessarily real. Yeah. Maybe gender oppression no, yeah, or something like that. So yeah, I think, I think it's another one of those illusions. It's another one of those illusions. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. You know, yeah. I think you're 100% right. And I think that's like the journey that I'd want to go on is to like really gain a deeper understanding of what that is and how that works, to mm-hmm. kind of understand it intellectually and then also internalize it in the same way I'm trying I'm working through my, you know, my my whiteness in that way. Like I see it as the same thing, right? Like I, I probably <laughs> understood before this deep dive that whiteness was an illusion, but I could verbalize it to you in this in a way that I can, you know, just right now and a way that I hope I'll be able to be even better as time goes on. And I feel the same way about maleness, you know, where, you know, I've got two children and, and they're at the age where they're really interacting with these things. And so just to keep up with them, I'm like educating myself, re-educating myself, re-re-re-educating myself over genders, you know, gender roles and gender identities and things like that. And trying to navigate just conversations with my daughters about their friends who are flowing in and out of these different identities, like, you know, multiple a year, you know, and really just accepting that and you know what i mean it, it's um 100 percent. it's a fascinating challenge and i need to go on a journey before i can really fully understand it and i think fight for it in the right way you Ever, you ever uh, uh play any video games uh especially like some kind of like role playing game where you get to actually design your character <laughs> no my my video games have been uh an um, an active attempt to increase my stupidity more than anything else. I haven't <laughs> done anything. So me or me not fall into the same category. But there's there's a whole category of games where you actually get to construct, you know, who your character is, you know, and you can yeah. pick the gender. You can pick in between genders. You can yeah. be a guy in the so-called women's clothes, a woman in man's clothes, and it's all it's all a costume. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like a good metaphor for the situation not that I'm an expert. I'm far from an expert and I'm kind of glad that I was like in the last generation that I can just be like, all right, I'm just straight boring male next. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God. I found someone who's just a straight boring female. I'm going to figure (laughs) anything out. But oh, man. anybody else who was born like a year or two after me, I'm sorry, like <laughs> you, you can going to have or, or congratulations because you have way more options, <laughs> you have yeah, way exactly. more options than like gay straight by like way. Well, way oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cop out position that I've been taking on that, and I think it's probably a cop out position is. uh there is no gender, there is no sexuality. It's just who you're attracted to, you know? So like when I get married, like again, like I want it to be that I'm a such and such agamist, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like that Agamist or whatever, like, you know, like that, like that's like the gist of it. And it's like, no dude, it's not, you can't just toss it aside like that easily, you know, <laughs> Like it's more sophisticated than that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh man. It occurs to me, you know, we might not be able to stop here with race in this little mm-hmm. project that you and I got going on. There is this um, there is this book by I forget his name um, called The Undoing Project. I really like the title of that. And I wish he didn't come up with it. I wish there wasn't a book called The Undoing Project, because I feel like that would be the perfect title for like a multi-part podcast with me and you. And maybe some other people, depending on the conversation that we're having, just like undoing all these like stereotypes and, you know, um, uh, you know, attitudes and mindsets like just within ourselves on a journey to like figure out, you know, what are what a vision for the perfect world or the as close to perfect world might be like would look like even, you know, and how we would get there. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like there might be something to that. The perfect world is, I can't say on even a podcast, it's perverted. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's, get let's get there. Let's get there. The other, the other thought I have before, I guess we get into, um, just whiteness and the, you know, like or somewhat temporary or maybe permanent conclusion that I've drawn based off of this study is that, um. I think in a lot of ways, and I said this to you before, and you agreed, so I think it's cool to talk about it here, um, <laughs> the way that this conversation has gone so far is really symbolic of kind of where the nation is at, which is kind of a strange thing, given that I think of myself as a pretty idiosyncratic guy, and, you know, I think of you as a pretty <laughs> idiosyncratic guy, too, both of us. Um, we're not, stereo- like, I'm not a stereotypical white guy, and you're not a stereotypical black guy by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, and yet our conversation is totally where the nation is at. And my interpretation of that is, is that I'm fucking talking way too much. I'm in a, you know, I'm in a, like, um, just this crazy cycle of not understanding fully and, and really trying to see like how I've been seeing it wrong and, you know, being really ignorant in a lot of ways that I haven't known I've been ignorant the whole time and just trying to like struggle through that. And you are, like, at your fucking wits end. (laughs) Mustering up, like, whatever, you know, last bit of patience that you have (laughs) to, like, talk to this white guy, you know? (laughs) Like, I mean, am I wrong? Sign of the times, right? Yeah. Yeah. The microcosm of the macrocosm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. so 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 you know, I'm sorry about that too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I wish I could just be with you right away, you know. <laughs> it's like um it's a shame that I the, that I couldn't the, the answer is probably for us all to just step aside and let a bunch of uh diverse group of women take over for a while. So okay, well, that's my idea about the police. Yes, that's what I want to see happen to the police. I I, I think the police should be an all women's thing. Yeah, just women. And I just think know. it should just be gone. But I guess we could do women first and then abolish it. How's that sound? Well, actually, <laughs> I'm prepared to talk about that with you because I took a moment before we recorded to look mm-hmm. up the word police, and I'm in total agreement with you. Actually, yeah, no, it, the police it, it, it should it be gone. It doesn't it. <laughs> it does yeah. when you look back yeah, at really the does. history of it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it, it it really, really does, you know. And I am in total agreement, which is does isn't to say that I don't think there should be peacekeepers. I think there should mm-hmm. be peacekeepers. And I think they should be women. And they could be in uniforms. Uniforms could even be blue. They could have badges, you know? Um, yeah. the whole thing, but like I think uh I think we should do away way the police do. I agree. Yeah. Um all right, let's uh let's get there. All right, so first things first, I think I figured out what uh what white people what what the white quote unquote race really is. I think I I think I have like the most rudimentary right can, I think can you I can do it without with, too many expletives. <laughs> yes, I can. But it's it is dark, but I can't. I think I can do it without any expletives. Um but let's see let's see. Let's see Let me what it is. Maybe I should just get it all out first. Just fuck shit. Sure. You know? <laughs> just get it out now. Um, All right. So I think um, it's obviously very hard to understand what white is because we've disguised it as race, but there's no such thing as race. So really, what is it? Right. And it's not the direct equivalent of black, of African-American. I think even at all, Um, because I think you can point at certain cultural things, maybe, or certain really unifying things um, within African-American culture that is. Functioning really more like a culture. Do you do you know what it, do you know what I mean? Like like white, so. like a white person isn't the like isn't the direct opposite of a black person because what it means to be a white person is completely different from what it means to be a black person. Although they're intrinsically tied, I guess. Right. Um, so it's not the same. So I think white is a different thing based off of how close or how distant we're examining it. Um, so I think from the farthest away perspective, like looking down on earth as an alien, you know, absolute meta perspective on what white is. It's how we defined it before. It's the world's first multi-class coalition. It's um, it's an illusion. It's a club created to essentially take the people in the lowest rungs of the club, you know, so the poor white people, the racists, et cetera, all the way up to middle-class white people like me and have them live in dark in terms of what's really going on in the club in that we're living out a dynamic, which is creating for the top five, top 1% of white people in the club to just get more and more and more and more and more. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the first definition. What do you think?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, makes sense, yes. I mean, that's it's like how it plays out, right? So like, right. and that's the history of it. Like it was created to be that, you know. Yeah, and that that's, hints at the uh, power structure aspect of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do I, like, um, do you think that the, like, you know, a normal person listening to this podcast would understand what I said just then? Like, was I clear enough? just then in terms of what it is on the meta level? Yeah, I think so. Especially All given right. everything that's come before in the conversations it sort of condenses it. Awesome. Perfect, perfect. All right. So then I think on the social level, like when you get into society, the way it works is it's a technology and it's a technology for um, personal advancement via the gateway of persecuting other peoples through privilege right? It's a privilege-based technology. So um, whether you see it or whether you don't, on the social level, you know, people talk about like reparations and things like that for slavery. The thing is, is that white people basically are just getting reparations for being white people all the time. Yeah. All the time, you know, so creating an, like a social advantage for African Americans, you know, you could do that for, uh, you know, for 300 years and still not get, and still not break even in terms of the yeah, yeah, for sure. privilege and advantage that white people have had versus African-Americans. Right. Exactly. So, so on a social level, <laughs> I think it's a privilege base. It's a, it's a technology. It's a privileged technology. It gives you a chance to advance yourself in that way. What do you think about that? It makes a certain kind of sense. I get the argument. Yeah. Do you think it's on or, or do you think it's off? I, I I get where that could be. It's just that that's not how I think of it. It it, it kind of does you know operate that way. But my whole thing is like I'm over it, and I've been over it since I was like a kid. <laughs> you know what yeah. Like it's just yeah. like clear. It's just like the whole it the whole thing just needs to be dropped. The whole thing needs to be dropped. Right. The white thing needs to be dropped. The black thing, thing, the Asian. The, you know, all these weird colors we keep coming up with that don't even address people's skin color. <laughs> it's, it's like, it needs to be uh, dropped. Yeah. They keep, mm-hmm. Like some group of people's yellow, they're not yellow. Another group of people's red, they're not red. Like all this yep. stupidness. It's like, yep. it's just one species. It's like, that's it. Like we need to move on and like the whole, oh, well, how do we address black, white? It's like, how do we, uh, deal with this lie just stop lying like <laughs> right. right that'd be the best thing to do like we were uh talking earlier before this about you know the the misused term of being woke that would be yeah. like really waking up is like if we could as a society and we can just choose to just like all right let's set it aside and you can test it by you know you look at what's happening at work you look at what's happening at the schools you look what's happening uh at the courthouse and in politics like this, are we treating everybody as they're the same species of human and we're all in this together? All right. No, no we're not. Like, so yeah. then let's just do that without being, oh, white, 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 black, black, black. I know they always want to do these statistics and all this stuff. Oh, well, how's it harming us? Devastatingly. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's harming a certain segment. You're right. Devastatingly. You're right. It's harming women. It's harming people of color. It's mm-hmm. harming, uh, harming uh, people with different sexual orientations. On and on and on. It's like, if you're not one little class is like mixing you up to like varying degrees. And then it's messing up white men too, because they're delusional. Like, <laughs> right? You're either delusional yeah. about it or you're like evil, essentially. That's really the only two things. So it's like somehow yeah. you're walking through life not believing this is true. So that'd be a delusion or you know, it's true and then you're deliberately like keeping it going. Right. Right, exactly. Because you see the advantage, and you're just sort of going with it, or you're. I'm going to sound like one of these old people. It's just like we can put a man on the moon, but we can't (laughs) fix. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 it's, it's completely it's completely ridiculous and crazy. We're not going to fix it. Like this is a mistake my people make too. So-called black people make too. It was like. Oh, well, we need the statistics on all these devastating things they're doing to black people here and whatever, whatever. No, no we no. just need to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. Like, we, we get it. I don't need, oh, COVID's killing more people. Why? That's going to take another hundred years before you figure it out. Just, just, just stop. Just treat all the yeah. humans like humans and we'll yeah. be fine. Even yeah, if you no, don't believe really, it, just treat it like that. <laughs> 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 It's gotten to a point where the eye <laughs> test is so obvious that we don't need the numbers, but the yeah. eye test is so completely obvious. You know, the numbers are are pointless at this point because you can see it. You know, like yeah. we talked last episode about in the episode before about the difference between Southern and Northern racism. Right. And Northerners yeah. are like Northerners are like all sorts of smug. Um But like, look at what life is like for African-Americans in the, in the North and look at what life is like for African-Americans in the South. It's the same. The same. It's the same. It's yeah. the same, you know, so like it's it's two different paths to the exact same fucking result, which I think probably is the perfect like transition to what I think whiteness is on the individual level. And um, and I think this might, you know. I don't know, I'm curious what you think about this. And we did talk about it a little bit and I shared it with you this article. I finally was able to read in full the initial article that my sister sent me. Remember, like mm-hmm. that was the first thing I shared in part one where I was like, right. my sister, Rachel, I mean, she sent me this article um, and I tried to read it and I couldn't fucking read it. It was like, I, it was like a tsunami of information, man. Like I couldn't, like it, it just bowled me over and I wasn't even able to like read the words at some point. I needed to be eased into it. And so, after listening to you know all fourteen episodes of um, you know seeing white seen on radio a few times each, after all these hours of conversation between me and you, I finally was able to read the full article and the point that it made, and I'm in total agreement. Is that on the individual level, white is essentially a mental illness? That that it might be the world's most pervasive (laughs) mental illness Um, because it it functions exactly exactly like one where it 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 covers your eyes against the reality in terms of what's going on around you. It's an addiction. It's um it's a psychosis. It's a neurosis, right? It's delusions of grandeur mixed with um an inability to recognize that like you're totally beholden to it. Um and it's it's like crazy in the definition uh you know of what's uh, what that word means. Um, and, I, you know, I feel it like I literally attacked it the same way that I've attacked clinical depression and anxiety, you know, of like a deep dive into it, understanding it. And then once yeah. I saw clinical depression and anxiety, you know, that then opened my eyes to seeing my behavior in a brand new way. And I've essentially attacked my white identity, which you'll correctly identify more specifically as my capitalist identity in the in that same way and um, have been able to uncover it by treating it like a mental illness. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's so I don't know. It really resonates with me. What do you think? (laughs) It's it's uh, I feel two ways about it. So so first I'm going to go. On your side, and then I'm gonna go off your side because I right. feel totally about it. So, well, I mean, do the opposite, because then you'll end up on my side in the end.
1: Your way,
0: your So, if you look at his mental illness, the first thing that came to mind is like uh, if you call somebody on your being racist or them having an advantage due to do the race, you usually get like a lot of venom, like a lot of hysterical venom, put at you. And right. It made me think of this term called, uh, I think it's called extinction burst. I don't know if you have heard of yes. this. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So that just for exactly it anybody it's like, uh, let's like, so say if you have a toddler, they you use, you use that example, or even a dog or something, they have like a bad behavior and you're trying to break them that behavior. It's the time when you are really ready to break that behaviors, when they're going to do the most <laughs> temper tantrum throwing. You yep. know, the most antagonistic and the loudest and the most out of control until they finally burn all that off. But what happens yep. is when they react like that, they overreact. People tend to back off and give them what they want. And then so right. behavior never stops. Right. So on a big cultural uh, way that happens, you know, this has been, uh, you know, lynchings and uh, weird presidential elections and you know, huh. weird things that happen on mass and are like very violent and very dangerous and like them going out and buying tons and tons of guns because a black guy got elected you know weird stuff like that that's like an extinction burst on a massive scale and Jesus. like now it's kind of like we we finally are learning I think yeah. even with all these it seems like there's an uptick of black people getting killed again Yeah, but I think people are finally learning no you have to keep that pressure on because this thing is finally about to crack if we let up again, wow. it's just going to go right back to the bad behavior. Of course. And so the only way to stop that bad behavior is to keep the pressure on it. It's like, uh, So that that's the part where it kind of does sound like mental But on the other hand, <laughs> whenever I hear people say that, it just feels like a cop-out. Because the tendency of people is to always talk this stuff to death. <laughs> Let's examine it and hold the commission and sit on the couch and discuss it. And it's just like, well, that's all well and good if you want to give up the power and let us like run the show for a while while you're doing an sit on the couch and can analyze But I don't think that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> like, right. You know, yeah, right. if everybody really needs therapy, then they need to step down and that's not gonna happen. It's like so there's right. not really any time for it, you know. Right. Right. Uh, that by the way, the the first things first, the extinction burst analogy is fucking brilliant. That's brilliant. I haven't seen that anywhere. I'm I'm really familiar with what an extinction burst is. You see it in adults all the time. You see it you you see it in adults all the time. And um and I I think that that's that is absolutely fucking brilliant. You're uh on one hand I'm like yeah no you're you're hundred percent you're hundred percent right you're dead on. You know, and not that, like, the people who are out buying guns right now and are completely racist are going to, like, stop being racist. But they can be marginalized in a way where those right. voices can be quieted significantly. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the extinction burst here is, you know, it's sort of on the, quote, unquote, moderate white people like me, who, or even the liberal white people like me, mm-hmm. who are out That's there marching example. today. So yeah, so so that we can feel better and get back on, you know, Disney Plus tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I think that's like um I think uh I think you're 100% right. And, you know, that that your second point that you make has been your your most consistent point here. Um that's been the one that you've been driving home every single time, which is no matter what I say, you keep coming back to this shit needs to stop. Like that's all it comes down to is that it needs to stop, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, I'm here, you know, I, I think I made it, you know, I like, I'm, I'm over the line now and I'll give you like, and which isn't to say that I have like, you know, all the right responses immediately, but like, so I'm, I'm driving my daughters to their mothers just today. And we're going through this one section of town and this woman has um, set up on this like street corner um a uh, blue lives matter like little station uh, mm-hmm. now it's this tiny little town there like you know that's part of the way that i get from where i live to where their mom lives um san diego is pretty conservative there isn't a lot of foot traffic where this woman is there isn't a lot of driver's strikes. she like literally set herself up in the spot where like nobody is going to pull off and like engage her on these issues you know okay. what i mean but the but the sign on her little like stand there was Blue Lives Matter too. And um so and the, she had one of those flags with like the blue stripe in the middle, you know, like an American flag with sure, the blue sure. stripe. So uh we're we're um and then she had like a bunch of t shirts that were like all lives matter, all lives matter, blue <laughs> lives matter, et t shirts or whatever. And it's um, like all the racist stuff that it's like uh like Tucker Carlson esque, you know, this Tucker Carlson guy who uh-huh. like, act like he's obtuse and doesn't realize he's being racist. Like, no, it's completely, completely innocent. We're just saying everyone's rights yeah. matter. It's like, no, we're not effing stupid. We know exactly yeah. what you're doing. Like, this, yeah. this this racism thing's been around for a while. We're kind of into <laughs> it. But you think, do you think this, like, so subtle, I'm just supporting the police. No, no, you're not. No, Even you know. Black people support the police. We all can support the police. We're not doing it that way. Yeah. There are yeah, plenty I mean, of black police officers. There should be more, <laughs> you know. Yeah, even you I, I live in I live in a rough neighborhood. Whenever the cops come through, I'm like, oh, thank God. Even now, even now. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. just like, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like you know, we have very basic things <laughs> that we need and don't need. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, I yeah. interrupted. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've done <laughs> enough talking. <laughs> I've done enough talking. <laughs> no, I was going say. Um, again, so I'm driving past there with my girls, and I explain to them kind of what she stands for and all that stuff. And as I'm talking to them, you know, the new neural pathways kicked in, and I immediately had two questions that next time I encounter one of those folks, I, I need to ask. Which is one: Do they protest? For blue lives, when there isn't a Black Lives Matter moment like this? I just wanna know. Yes, it's <laughs> a great question, actually. We all know the Do answer, you know, but it's a great question. <laughs> well, the answer is no, because right. I don't see him out, but there are police officers who are killed all the fucking time. And if you wanted to follow that news, it wouldn't be that hard. To follow, you know, to hear when a police officer is killed in... Yeah, you hear hear that story nationwide every time. Every time. (laughs) So where are the protests from the Blue Lives Matter people then? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Exactly. It's not fucking there, which means that first thing is, what they're doing is, is that they're... They don't... They just don't care about Black lives, obviously. Yep. So then... So then, my second question to her is, you know, all right, Blue Lives Matter too. Do you have any, uh, like, you know, material for Black Lives Matter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're fucking selling them both. If you have the word "two" there, that means mm-hmm. that you should be selling. We can't, you know, I yeah. can't breathe t-shirts. Yeah. Right next to your Blue Lives Matter t-shirt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yep. And if the capitalist in her was bigger than the racist in her, she would have it. <laughs> right? 100%. <laughs> and she'd be in a different street corner making... Because I'm sure, you know, <laughs> I'm sure before they got caught, Amazon and Walmart had them both. <laughs> because... 100%. 100%. 100% you know? <laughs> so, anyway, so, like, I, you know, as those thoughts occurred to me, I was like, alright, you know, Okay. I can't make Andre wait anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: I do a therapy for depression. Now, I'm, you know, the, the, the cure for whiteness means I need to get off the couch. So uh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Where are we going? As promised, uh, here's my electroshock equipment. I just need you to <laughs> fight down on this we, and prepare yourself. <laughs> we are 3,000 miles away, my friend. But uh, if uh, if we were together, I'm telling you, my particular form of Jewish uh, white guilt, I, you'd probably be able to talk mm-hmm. me into it. Because I deserve it. I deserve mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Turn it up. All the way up. Um, anyway, so uh, we probably got to start with capitalism, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the big one. If you if you remove all the financial incentives, a lot of things start falling apart. A lot of things that you want to fall apart will start falling apart. Um, Like, um, was it Dick Gregory? I might I had the wrong. I think it was Dick Gregory had uh, the idea of making the police get insured, um, yes, and licensed for uh, using their weapons and things like this, so that uh, you know if they kill somebody, shoot somebody. Your insurance is you're not going to be covered anymore. You're going to lose your job. Yeah, I actually really think the question that was posed. Yeah. So the question he posed is like, do you love your family more than you hate me? You're trying to provide for your family, right? So now you got to think, is it worth losing my money, (laughs) my my livelihood over? Am I going to be able to take care of myself and my family? Is it really worth killing this black person? Because I hate them so much. Like what's stronger to love or to hate? Right yeah no i th- I think that hundred percent makes sense. The other thing that's nice about that is if is if these are national companies, then they can't right. switch um yeah. free things. Yeah. right and like find insurance again yep yeah, I love that idea yeah I really and love that idea. that's using capitalism against itself yeah because the insurance the insurance game is to collect the money and not pay out <laughs> yeah. So. If you think they're going to be sitting here paying, paying out and paying out and paying out, it's not going to go down like that for too long. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I I am actually pretty serious about the idea that we should really push for more women, more women in the police force. Yeah. I mean, if we have to have police, then I'm all for that. Well, actually, then let's back up a minute. Um, I (laughs) think that we should actually just go ahead and do away with the police force. Yeah, that's Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you said yeah, some be- some form of uh peacekeeper. <laughs> I guess when things get violent or something like that, you know, then you can have somebody I don't I don't even know. Like, I really don't see there's so many things that the police do. Let me, let me slow down and back up. There's so many different tasks that the police do that, you know, so one thing everyone keeps saying is like they need to get them out of mental health. Yes. It's like a disaster every time. But I think as we peel this onion off layer by layer, it becomes apparent that they're pretty much bad at most of it. (laughs) Yeah. They're only good at the violent part. I'm like, so I was like, I was just about to say, we'll just leave the, you know, breaking up the violence. I'm like, nope, that's not going to work either. You're still going to have people getting killed. Yeah, definitely. People getting killed. I mean, like it would have to be a really violent situation for me to say, okay, yes, now let's get the boys in blue with some guns in here, (laughs) which is literally someone else shooting. That'd be the only time that you couldn't have somebody who's better at that job. There's definitely people who's better at dealing with mental health. There's people who's better at dealing with poverty. There's people who's better at dealing with domestic uh, abuse and things like that. Yeah. We're basically, especially post nine 11 have been training these guys to essentially be another form of the military or at least they think they are. Yeah. So I don't really need them here. (laughs) Unless there's a, a a person with weapons raising hell, yeah, and yeah. Let's get one of the good guys, as they say in a good guy with a gun to go through the situation. Supposedly, that that might be yeah. the only case. You know, I heard this. Uh, I heard this interview with this um, uh, Navy SEAL, who you know is pretty independent politically. <clears throat> like, there's some things that he's pretty liberal about. Some things he's pretty conservative about you know lifelong navy seal basically so um you know seen some shit done some shit and all this stuff and he made the point where he was like because up till now i had taken the perspective of they don't it's not a training issue it's a racism issue because they seem yeah. to be able to bring white people in alive and that's been my experience with police by and large like every time that i interact with them for the most part they're respectful they only mess with me when i do something wrong. You know what I mean? Like exactly the way that I would hope that they would treat you and they just don't. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm like, so it's not really a training issue. It's a racism issue, but the seal made the point where he was like, he was like, we train six months for a three month deployment. He was like, the police should be training one fifth of the time. Like really, really like one, like practicing different scenarios, you know, like, Right. um you know just drilling 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 because then when things do happen you've got you've got this muscle memory response it's like have you ever tried to read during a fire alarm you can't you know <laughs> what I mean? like that's not the time to like process how to respond very few people can do that you know and, sure. but if you train and train and train and then the right response becomes almost reflexive and there's ways to diffuse the situation with the right kind of training like when you know how to talk to people, you can, you can kind of do that. So like, I totally understand that mindset, but I also just think that we need to, first of all, just for an, a narrative sake, this fucking start over again,
1: you know? Yeah, Cause like,
0: like you can't call them police. They can't, can't wear the same uniform. The training yeah. has to be completely new and different. They really need to sit down and like figure it out. Cause this is so not working. Yeah. I, I looked up the word police just to see when I told you beforehand and I've got the definition here. So it's a noun and a verb, right? And the noun is, is what we know. It's, it's, um, you know, also called police force an organized civil force for maintaining order, preventing and detecting crime and enforcing the laws. Um, you know, uh, the regulation and control of the community, especially for the maintenance of public order, safety, health, morals, etc, this is like where the de- what the definition is. The Department of government concerned with this, especially with the maintenance of order, right? And that's like what the noun is. The verb is to police something is to regulate, control, or keep an order by or as if by means of police. And in the military, to police something is to clean and keep clean. So a camp, a post, etc. There's um, a certain aspect of, there's a certain darkness to the verb definition of that, ver, of that word yeah. that doesn't translate over to the idealized noun definition of that word, but does translate over in terms of the reality of exactly. what, right? Yeah. a keep saying the phrase, I do not need to be policed. <laughs> Regulate, control, <laughs> and keep clean. Keep clean is like one of those like phrases that is like people call a dog whistle, but they mm. it's it's a it's a not a dog whistle. It's a fucking Mack truck horn. <laughs> Seriously, there used to be uh there's a town in Michigan called Dearborn, Michigan, that uh was at one point the capital of white supremacy, and uh, neither me or you were were going to be. Welcome there. I mean, there are certain people in the white club that are not happy that there are Jews at the white club. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> really, really unhappy to have Jews in the white club. And a lot of those people lived in Dearborn, Michigan uh, for some time. And, and and Dearborn used to be able to see like back in the, even as recent as like the 70s, they'd have taxis there with notes on the side that said, keep Dearborn clean. And everybody knew what they meant. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah keep the jews and the blacks out mm-hmm. yeah my, so, my cousin i was talking to my cousins just before this um, passed yeah and, uh, we're talking about how racist upstate new york is <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and um you know you know first we start talking about our people but then we're just like and the anti-semitism is through the roof up here and it comes out of nowhere like the the anti Semitic is just like it's literally out of nowhere. It's just like, hey, do you know how to get to shop right? Damn Jews! You like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not even what, how, what just happened right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we we're, that's, we're that's why we were always like kind of like surprised that there was any tension between blacks and Jews. I'm like, you guys don't realize we're kind of like in the same boat upstate. We need to stick together up here. <laughs> like, it looks like it's gonna jump yeah. off any minute upstate. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's crazy. Remember the, um, the riots in Brooklyn back in, I want to say 91, big, Mm -hmm. big riots between the Orthodox Jewish community and the African American community and Brooklyn's Crown Heist riots. Um, (laughs) and, uh, just the tension in that neighborhood is, is, uh, absolutely crazy. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm in total agreement with you. And by the way, there is an added piece there of, um, I think shame on the Jewish side, which is, you know, that there are a lot of Jewish people that have really myself included kind of settled into the, the the white identity. Um, and, and forgetting, you know, the, the, you know, the Jewish story throughout history and then also pretty fucking recent history too. Um, in terms of what happens to us when people start getting unruly, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) right, right, right. I mean, yeah. It's like this weird cycle of history is the same story over and over again. Yeah. And you even find that between Jews, I mean, 50, 52% 52% of Jewish people aren't white, quote unquote. Um, most of us are Arabs, yeah. you know, right. um, and, uh, um, you still feel that in Israel where there's, um, there's this again, you know, POC white divide between Jewish people where they see, um, right. great advantage that the Ashkenazic Jews take over the, you know, Sephardic Jews and the Eastern Jews, you know, so it's fascinating. Really, really fascinating. Fucking depressing too, man. God, <laughs> uh, yeah. it is definitely both of those things. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sometimes it feels like you're an alien, just like watching all this happening, and you're just like fascinating. <laughs> yeah. No. And then like, you're like that oh wait, hey, I'm part of this mess.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's that's what I do to like you know when it hurts too much to like think about the the emotion of it. You know, is that you can intellectualize it and then not have to feel it so hard. Um. But uh, yeah, it's just awful. It's just awful. So, I mean, I think I agree with you. I feel like if we're stuck, I agree with you. And if we're stuck in the capitalist system, I I think that first step needs to be that we need to do everything possible to make it so that everybody feels, first and foremost, safe. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that should be like the ideal thing because you can't like, you know if if uh if we're having a conversation like this and we're like in the same place and then the building's on fire, first thing is to get out of the building, right? As urgent as this conversation is,
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Like, I, you know, there's like a hierarchy of needs here. And sure. we have a huge part of our population that does not feel safe. Yeah. And I feel like that's got to be the priority. So, you know, I agree with you. Police is the priority. I think, We need to do away with the police because the definition of the word is bad. Um, and we can have protectors. A lot of the people, maybe peacekeepers, you know, a lot of the people who are currently police, who are good people, just trying to, you know, do, you know, what the ideal version of the job asks them to do in really tough circumstances. They can move over to this if they want to, you know, they can potentially go from one to the other i mean what do you think be fired and then rehired retrained <laughs> be yeah, re-hired. Things, and then you can go or if not you got to do something else like just yep. just like everybody else got to do exactly and, and guess what if there's a history there of making mistakes and things like that then you're out find a new job yeah you know there's other yeah, things there's you a could whole do. laundry list of things that should, should automatically preclude people from this kind of position Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That guarantees them the position in the situation we have right now. Yeah, absolutely. Call them, call them peacekeepers, you know, and I really, really do think we would benefit from pushing for it to be a job that women have, you know, like I'm not being ridiculous there. Like I really do think that, and it, it wouldn't be the kind of thing where it's like we have to, um, you know, ban men from going for it. I think, honestly, all we would have to do is just really encourage women to do it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, he- you use, just like they do to exclude people from uh, different occupations, like there's subtle ways of, of lining up those questions and those tests so that, you know, different jobs go to whatever people you wanted to go to. Right. You can just <laughs> skew that job. So that interview process, that test, the exam... It's just women will naturally be better at it than most men. We could just make the new uniforms effeminate, you know? (laughs) 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 Let's make the new uniforms, like, more comfortable for women to wear. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, right? Why not? Whatever it takes at this point. Yeah, I, I think there's a, like, you see it in different professions, for example, professions that at some point are, like, traditionally held by men. And then women start to kind of move into that profession, and men go, oh, not for me anymore. And then they go, they go do something else. <laughs> you saw that in uh, synagogues, by the way, where really? for years and years and years, yeah, 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 for years and years and years, only men took like the leadership roles on like the executive board, for example. Like, um, and and it's funny because if you go to like you know up the wall where they hold they have like the pictures of all the presidents, if it's an old synagogue, the way it typically works is it's like man, 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 Like all the presidents are men and then it's like women, and then it's like woman. And then it's like man, 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 woman, man, man, woman, man, woman, woman, man, woman, 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 man, woman. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it really does not like that. And, uh, and it's a sign of like when women move into those leadership positions, men just start to say, Oh, I guess this place isn't for me anymore. And then they go somewhere else, you know? It's just what they do. I mean, yeah. like other professions, right? Therapists, pediatricians, right? Like certain areas in medicine. Yeah, and in, in the doing. society around them, once you get used to seeing a woman's face there, you just get used to seeing a woman's face, and then also the man's face there seems out of place. Out of place like there's, no, just, there's no reason it should, but it's just for some reason that's how humans operate. I mean, in some places it, it maybe should, you know, but, but mm. in other places, you know, it's like, do, do you... Know any women that would trust a male OBGYN. Yeah, yeah. You do, but but yeah. But the initial reaction is always like, "Huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you
0: doing here? (laughs) Yeah. Let me see your credentials. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, even in the you know education, for example, you know that was a that was a job years ago that was just for men. Um. Now, what are the percentage of teachers out there who are males? Yeah, because at know. one point, you know, education was only for, for the elites only. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. want to stop being that. Exactly. to women. Exactly. Kind of another thing that needs to be examined, but
1: for yeah, we'll just yeah. use to that's, our
0: advantage. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is this is using it to <laughs> our advantage. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a huge benefit in having a police force that's primarily women. Um, and this might be a sexist statement. I don't know. Um, but I think that there, whether it be nurture or nature, I think that there is more of a likelihood of empathy in, um, in a female police officer than a, than a male police officer. And certainly much less of a likelihood for toxic masculinity. You know, like the, I'm going to prove something <laughs> to the boys and kill this person. kind yeah. of deal. And the example I can think of is most of these cases where you see, um, you know, a police officer killing an unarmed, innocent um, black person. It's a man, you know, but there was a case not that long ago of a female police officer. I'm forgetting her name, who was off duty and she came home drunk. And entered the wrong apartment by mistake. Right. You remember the right, story? Right. And she entered the apartment of this this African American man who came home and she in her confusion confusion shot and killed this man in his own home. Now she's in jail now. But do you remember how she reacted to that? Like when she came out of it? No, nah, not at all. She was horrified.
1: She was ashamed and horrified. There's it's a what should be,
0: but they really are. Yeah. And she recognizes that her life is ruined now because of that. And also the, you know, a life is, is gone. A, a life is no longer because of that. Um, and a family, a whole family, you know, of this person who she killed, their life is ruined too. Because, mm-hmm. of this. you know, she caused so much pain because of her irresponsibility and her, her actions. Um, and in court, the family of the man she killed forgave her. And it was this moment of like, the, you know, his brother took her into his arms. And um, like this weepy, weepy kind of deal, you know? Um, and I think that that happened because she's a, she's a woman. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to me. You had that kind of moment. A lot, actually, uh, you know, black person gets killed, family forgives them. They call for peace. Um, yeah. So I still <laughs> it, it just flies in the face of what they teach white people and what they teach the police that black people are so angry and dangerous. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> because the shoe was on the other foot, they would not be calling for peace and they would not dare really as much. No, absolutely it's, it's not. not how to, you know. It's not how to raise. It's not how to raise. Just like the whole you were saying, whether it's nature or nurture, as far as like women having empathy, that's got to be ninety nine percent nurture. It's like you sure. have little kids yeah. out there playing and Housing, You know, the little boys getting a fight. It's more or less fine. It's not the end of the world. You know, always got to learn that anyway. Toughen mm-hmm. up. You know, hide mm-hmm. your emotions. Don't cry, mm-hmm. girls. It's like don't fight. <laughs> Right. don't right. do anything physical use your right. words right <laughs> and it's okay if you cry right you know, so. exactly. you know, we just start exactly. raising kids somewhere in the middle of those two weird extremes would probably have better balanced humans. exactly exactly so i mean i like i i really feel like that that should be so step one is yeah. to fund the police create a new peacekeeping force mm-hmm. um, you know, make it entirely per, uh, comprised of women or as close as possible. If you hit 40, 50%, men will just start leaving, get it to 60, 70%. We're good. Um, And, uh, and then significantly increase their training for the shit that they're actually responsible for. And, um, and do the thing that you suggested where we have to ensure, insure them. So insure them against lawsuits or whatever, Um, you know, and right, the idea that you had before about the insurance. So all those pieces for sure. What should their jobs be? That, that's the part that keeps tricking tripping me up. <laughs> it really started tripping me up just now because I was like, okay, and they can just do the police thing. And it's like, yeah, but you have experts for all the things. And I'm like, right, so I'm not so. sure if I'm even comfortable if we want them to, to do the, you know, the counter violence stuff, I guess you could call it. But I, I, I guess there is a role for that, right? We do have violent people. Uh, We do have terrorists, you know, we have all all those things are real. It's just not what they're doing most of the time. So I guess if they could actually just focus on that and we have the, you know, the doctors and everybody else handling, like, you know, the the mental illness and the social workers handling the uh, family crises and so on and so forth. You know, all right. Maybe maybe we can do it that way. There should be a health and healing force. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the very least, maybe the interim step is that you have a social worker and a psychiatrist go out on every call with the cops. Right. And probably they get to call the shots unless there's somebody with a gun. Like That that would be like the interim of like, you know. Actually <coughs> disbanding them and doing it the right way. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Because that's they you can the- do, do right now. You can just say, okay, this was a domestic call. Uh, you need to have these two people on the ride totally and and the social workers and the psychologists who are doing it now are then the kind of like the the early you know founders in a way of of their new you know force which i don't even know what we would call it but if we're like right. you know really like compartmentalizing these different responsibilities then you know for the mental health stuff that would be their things so mental health force or i don't even know what like um, right and 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 all all these people are learning from each other like the right. therapist is learning from the police. The police is learning from the therapist, and so forth. Right. So they're taking calls when there's a mental health situation. To be, I mean, you know, think about someone like me. If if my therapist isn't available and and I get really in a dark spot, like that's the number to call. I call nine one one. They're not sending a police officer to me. He doesn't know what he's doing. I say I'm I'm suicidal. I'm whatever. And then they'll send um you know one of the, these folks over. Um. Yeah. Because right now, who, if they get a call, uh, you know. God forbid, Josh is suicidal. He needs help. Send the police. Right. There's a good chance you'll get killed in that call. Which, yeah, is something yeah. is majorly wrong in that situation. It's like, yeah. no, no, we yeah. wanted you to save his life. We didn't want you to make the suicide easier. Like, right, right, exactly. <laughs> there's an even better chance that you get killed in that call. You know, yeah. no. uh, there's this um, there's this person who lives uh, in my neighborhood. Kind of her, her apartment is sort of down from mine. And I don't know what she deals with, but once every few months or so there'll be a rush of police cars here. And San Diego actually does pretty well in that department. Um, not totally well, but um if you want to be kind of mentally ill anywhere, San Diego is one of the places to do it because uh the city does do some great programs and there are people who respond with the police who are actually trained professionals at this stuff. So um it's not like just the police coming in. So San Diego is kind of got some of that shit figured out a little bit, um, but it should be a totally separate, should be a totally separate force. Cause what happens is you hear her screaming and then 10 minutes later, there's like <laughs> three police cars and then two of these kind of specialty vehicles who are there. Wow. Um, and it's a big scene, you know, and that's probably not necessary. So that's also another uh, strange feature of the United States that, you know, that, that there are states and their cities and towns and, fiefdoms that uh, each have their own rules and regulations and a definition of what a police yeah. officer mm-hmm. know, you know, some kind of national more robust from national standards needs to be set down yeah yeah no I mean San Diego still has again ice and the police work hand in hand and that's not supposed to be happening at all you know yeah. shouldn't um, even have ice no it shouldn't even have ice it should not have ice um, that's another that's another yeah. one <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Do away with the police force, bring it in, bring in a, a peacekeeping force. and It might even be like a presence more than anything else. You know what I mean? You get enough people that are just kind of spread her out. Um, and there, you know, there, there's nothing quite like that in terms of well, what, what does a peacekeeper do? You know, mm-hmm. there's a big difference between, um, you know, how my daughters behave when I'm just, when they're aware that I'm watching versus not, you know, right. Um, There just is so, um, you know. I I would imagine maybe speeding tickets. <laughs> yeah, what else uh, we have to that, do? That's another thing that's going to go go away due to technology. It's not necessary now. You've got plenty of ways yeah. to like check a person's speed yeah. without they, a cop They can you like some people now for you know, skipping the uh, red light and so forth.
1: Yeah, not anyone being
0: yeah. There, you just get a ticket in the mail. <laughs> is that? A joke where a guy gets a ticket in the mail with a picture of uh, his car going through a red light. So uh, he sends back to the police officers a picture of a check with what he owes them for the ticket. And then they send back (laughs) to him a picture of handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) That might be an urban legend, but I've heard about that shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an urban legend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So uh, anyway. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. then what? So I guess the like we were saying before, the, the big thing is to tear down capitalism. Really feeling brave to tackle that one. <laughs> the, the, the one. The only one that I have standing between me and it, only actually the two concepts that I have standing between me and it are one, uh education would be second for me. Um and mm-hmm. then the third thing as a gateway to tearing down capitalism is materialism. Um that's the that's the third one where you know, I'm like, all right, we can tear down. Is there a way we can make, like, a benevolent capitalism, though? <laughs> like, where I can keep all you my can't, shit, it you can't, know? Like, it's like the, 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 the on a the, on very basic level, right? Not, before it even gets dangerous, right? Yeah. Like the early days of capitalism, and you have, like, you know, Ford's Model T, and you can have it in any color you want, as long as it's black, right? Wasn't that the statement? Right. <laughs> And right. then, you know, right. capitalism takes that and says, all right, now you got to have a color for everybody, right? Like, right. It's a, and then it extends to now where if you want to sell a car, you don't really sell the car. You put like a half naked woman draped over the car. <laughs> You're lucky <laughs> if you even see anything past the logo and things like this. It's like, so we're not even selling you the car anymore. We're selling you, oh, you might get this hot woman. It's like, well, what were we buying before? Is like, you, in other words, it's a lot. I have the false desires out there. Right? You want to sell somebody a car? I sell them the car. And They're doing everything they can to, to send you a lifestyle, to sell you self-esteem, to sell you uh, status. There's a big one, like all these things. It's like, if I want to buy a coat, I want the coat to keep me warm. You know, I don't need a status symbol. <laughs> I don't need something to make me feel better as myself about a human as a human being. I'm I don't to pick up chicks. whatever it is they're trying to tell me it's like right Right. i understand we need products to you know do certain things but the whole you know uh mind fuck job that they're doing to everybody for it is a bit ridiculous and that's not even getting to like the dangerous stuff like the pollution and the destruction of the water and the air and our bodies plastic garbage everywhere Right property, even though there's so much food, they were throwing most of it away. Right, we're we're post scarcity right now. There's enough for everybody. We're just
1: not giving it to
0: everybody. Right, uh, no, it's uh it's created a whole system of um of inequality, and I I can like I can see how it happens. I'm just kind of living in a little bit of a world of like the binary. Well, I don't want communism and i'm not yeah, sure i want socialism either and the way the arguments go here is that well if you're not a capitalist then you're a communist and that doesn't work either so what's yeah. left which is you which is bull <laughs> which is bull It's yeah. like i always say it. maybe, maybe it's the artist in me It's like just make something new right Don't do any right. things before because right. neither one of those systems worked right <laughs> right so why, right. why pick two brokers? It's like, so do you want to be stabbed to right. death or electrocuted? Like, I don't, I don't want either. Like, <laughs> right. 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 I want to die right. old and in my sleep. Like, put your weapons down. I don't right. understand what's happening right now. Right. Right. <laughs> right. The option should be like, you know, I, I, the comedian Ed, Eddie Izzard does this bit about cake or death. where he is like uh, that. That mm-hmm. was like the Church of England was like, cake. cake or death. And you're like, uh, okay. Obviously. <laughs> I'll take cake. If those are the choices, let's go cake. By the way, before we get into uh, um, exactly how to do this, the other um, kind of uh, funny thought I had was, remember the movie Crazy People? You and I were like into that movie as a kid. Remember that movie? Oh, you got to refresh refresh my memory. Where the, the, the uh, inmates at an asylum become these like major ad campaign geniuses by just being honest. And the advertisements are things like Volvo. They're boxy, but they're good. <laughs> or, <Wow. laughs> do you remember, do you remember no, this? No, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> uh, it's a great, it's a classic, classic movie. And I swear me and you were kind of into it. I'll send you a link to it to kind of remind you what it is. But it, all these like great lines <laughs> of like, uh, um, like, what if advertisers were honest? You know, So they were like, uh, Porsche, it's a little too small to get a blowjob while you're in it. But if you're driving wow. a Porsche you're going to get a blowjob when you get out of it. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. like, <laughs> I don't know what they that's said. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. But, Man, uh, that but shows how ridiculous these ads are. Well, the conceit of the movie was that that would work. Like if, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. like suddenly they're like these advertising geniuses because they're like actually being like truthful about the mm-hmm. products, and then people are buying them for the first time, you know, because they're actually Aren't truthful about they're it. They're finding the ads are refreshing. I guess. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, uh, okay, so um, so the, the answer is not communism, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so the answer yeah. is, we're not going to map out the new system, but the answer is you get people from every walk of life together in a room. You, know, yeah. right? so you can't just have it with the elites there. You map right. out what the society needs. Right. everything from your, your material needs, you know, your food, clothing, air, water, all that stuff. How do we do that? What type of people need to be trained? What's the training like? All right. Let's just get in a room and make sure that happens. Set these facilities up. Like I right. said, like the technology is there already. Right. The technology is there right. already. It's right. just because money is the goal. Clean air is not the goal. So that, you know, <laughs> You just got to set the goal and make it happen. Like we humans right. can make anything happen. Like we created racism out of thin air. Right. And now right. we have generations of people under a delusion. We right. send, said it earlier, send a man on the moon. Right. We, can send a, we can send a robot to Mars. We can send a robot flying out of the Milky Way galaxy. But you can't tell me we can't find a different way of just getting everybody Their needs including the need to express themselves and be a productive member of society I mean that's the real that people keep talking about they want a meritocracy no you don't want a meritocracy because this ain't it a meritocracy would be like we have all these things and you get to get done the people who get to do it are the people who are good at it right Right. everybody's good at something and the things that are you know particularly objectionable or just really need to get, to get done for everyone, then everyone has to do that at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if it's like recycling yeah. or doing the sewage treatment or whatever it is, if it's so called so well, it turns out that just no one wants to do that, which I don't believe that. There are people who are just into things that you and I would find weird and it consumes it, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. these things would sort themselves out if we just had – a really robust education system and the system of identifying uh, talent and marrying the talent to that individual's actual desires. Yeah, that, that's, um, yeah that, that's, that's why I come back to education. And it's not just because I come from parents yes, who are yeah. teachers, but I, I, I think it is absolutely central. Um, and by the way, as with everything else, the way we educate today was a system that was also created out of thin air by a whole mm-hmm. other thing, you know, basically, you know, the modern day education was created out of, you know, the industrial revolution Um where they had to do an industrial version of what you and I are talking about right now, which was sorting people into what jobs they were going to be doing early right. and doing it in a way that like made it so that as they stepped from school into those jobs, that it was like a seamless transition. So like Look at a picture of a factory from like 1940 and then look at a school, a picture of a school right. from 1940 right. and they're built by the same architects. The buildings look the yeah. same. Um, yeah. Look at what a classroom, a typical classroom looked like in, you know, um, the 1700s and look at what a classroom looks like today. I mean, it's totally different. It's everything is students are sitting in rows um, they're taking standardized tests and they're being sorted from a really early age right. what they're going to do. So if they're in, you know, the more kind of like rudimentary classes and that speaks to where they're going to end up being in their professional career. And, and if they're in the AP with, honors, with deference course. to whatever the station of their birth was, of course. Yeah, of <laughs> course. 100%, a that's how it works. But like none Sorry. of that takes a bit. Yeah. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say, a uh, post-capitalism. The goal is to make a well-rounded human member of society, you right? Know, so we're not raising the next generation of people to know anything about race, except for it was this disastrous experiment and false have about in the past that we left behind in primitive dark ages. Right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, here here's the new utopia where everyone is a human. Humans don't kill humans and we don't cheat humans. We don't do all these things humans because we're all human. Yeah. Right? I think And we're gonna I help think, people find their purpose. Yep. I think the school day needs to be needs to be uh, two hours longer. I think the school day I think the school day should match what uh, the work day is. I don't know, because I think the, the, the work days are probably not right either. <laughs> well, whatever the workdays, <laughs> Americans, work, 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 Americans work longer and harder than everybody else, so we already have a screwed up mentality around yeah. that too. Yeah. Well, I, whatever we think the work day is, I think the school day should match it. Yeah. Um, and I think it should be equal parts informative education and then equal parts formative education. And we really drop the ball on formative education in the school, and we leave it to parents to do formative education for the most part without recognizing that those two things really go hand in hand. Like if you're not growing to be centered as a person, then you're not going to be able to focus in class. You know what I mean? Like who learns math? Well, when like, you know, you just got into a fight with your best friend in the playground and because you know what I mean? For whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that that's and cool. who learns math well at seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Good lord. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's too early for most people. <laughs> I met a pediatrician once who said that, um, high schools should have actually nap time in the same way that kindergarten does. Um, because when you look at like the sleep pattern of teenagers that, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, they actually need a lot more sleep because of how they're growing. Like babies need a lot of sleep and then teenagers in their growth spurts need a shit ton of sleep. And, um, a lot of, a lot of people don't let them sleep and it actually really hurts them. Um, so high yeah. schools should probably be starting later. And maybe even there's a way to do like a nap time in high school. Um, so in, they can in like this country. No one's sleep. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the healthiest I ever was like the healthiest and I don't know about happiest, but definitely healthiest that I've been ever was when I lived in Israel on the kibbutz that was still in the siesta kind of culture. So in that uh. place. You'd oh yeah. You'd you'd wake up at like six thirty seven, go to work, you know, get there at like eight or whatever, work from eight to twelve, go back, have a huge lunch, fall asleep, sleep until about three thirty four, go back to work, get there at like four or four thirty, work till six and then you're done. Not bad. No, yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That was like a healthy way to go. But yeah, I think, I think education formative stuff for sure. And I, and I think the formative stuff is all about, you know, not just making whole people, but also making good people. Of course. Um, of course. You know? Um And I think that, that should really, really uh uh be emphasized, you know? So we're seeing like a significant growing need for psychologists in our society. Uh, do sure. we have enough? That I don't know. And if, even if we do, the problem is right now, uh, you know, money motivated. <laughs> right. Right. Like I get there's a transition period, but yeah, you know, there's always that thing. So then that's another thing, right? If we're stuck in capitalism, at least for uh, a little bit, then the funds need to be reallocated.
1: Oh, yeah. Like- like the, the
0: billionaires need to be taxed like 50% of their wealth, probably. Billionaires need to be taxed 50% of the wealth, but at, then even at, the way that we spend money, yeah, at minimum. And then even the way that we spend money as a country, you know, I mean, we are. And, and, if somebody te- and if somebody tells me, sorry, I keep interrupting, but if somebody tells me that these billionaires are like, oh, well, then you're not going to have, you know, people working as hard to make a billion, then you're not a real capitalist anyway. So then let's throw it out. You know what I mean? Like, right. right. It's just making sense. Right. so. You, right. <laughs> Right. you're motivated by 1 billion, but not 500 by 1 billion, but not by 500 million or whatever. Like, well, Or some t- of these companies that are worth like a trillion dollars, you know, Yeah, we're going to take that to fix society. And that's not good enough. You can't, you can't function on a half a trillion. Yeah. You're not a capitalist. Right. <laughs> that's it. So then, then you might as well just do the whole thing out. Right. Right, well, because the, the, but they aren't capitalists. I mean, for them, capitalism is the system designed to keep them getting more money. Yeah, I don't even know what the word is for that. You know, they're just they're just trying to get as much money as possible. But they're not really interested in like you know. Yeah, like this whole system is history. really like a feudalist system. We just don't know. It. Yeah, yeah. They're, the, they're yeah. the kings. We're the peasants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um. Okay. So we need to reallocate funds. I mean, think about like the amount of money that's spent on the military right now. And you know, I'm, you could, I'm pro military and all that stuff, but do we need to be a generation ahead of like the most other, like the second most advanced military country? <laughs> that's our ally. Do we really, really, really need to be a generation ahead? We could like take a break on that <laughs> for 10, 15 years and, reallocate those funds to something else yeah. and ultimately and, you'd have a more powerful military anyway because if you had more people who were able to become scientists and engineers then inevitably that's going to make your weaponry much more advanced yeah scientists and engineers are. yeah and if you actually open up those opportunities at an early age like you're saying you will find a lot more scientists and engineers and mathematicians God for fucking bid, you know, we should um, make moves in this country to make it so that, like, a lot of people can be proud to be American. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, you can move past a lot of really dark things through, like, honest introspection and real change. And, like, if that happens, then what's happening, right? We're raising generations of patriots who are really proud of Mm -hmm. the changes we've made. And guess what patriots want to do? You know? Fight for their country. Right. Right, <laughs> like, right. I mean, absolutely. You know. And the other piece is, I, you know, I think if you become as <clears> a, <throat> beacon, a beacon for how these types of changes can make, then it's a heck of a lot harder for other folks to, you know, paint a picture of America, the devil. You know, like capitalists mm-hmm. have gone and fucking ruined it a lot for us in the other yes. country.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, sure. the military left Iraq and then the capitalists moved in. And isn't that how how it always goes? And the military is designed to just smash things, so they go in there and just fucking smash things, but then, then in yeah. come the capitalists and they take advantage. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of times is- they they create the reason we're sending those troops into these other countries anyway. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, this oil is ours now, you know. so we can make our cars go. Oh, God. All right, so education, that needs to get done. reallocation of funds, I think, into education, you know, especially. Um, I, I, I was just thinking, how do you bribe or corrupt someone that's in a society that doesn't believe in money? Well, you don't. Well, unless you can, you could, I guess, do it with sex if they're into that. But, <laughs> but besides, I mean, it's whatever. So well, I, I guess the answer, I guess the answer to that is you just have some kind of like free love type of culture where it's like, it's not a big deal anymore. It's less, less puritanical, right? If we don't, if we get rid of all these hangups about, you know, can you sleep with somebody? Should you sleep with somebody? Uh, can they take their shirt off? Can they, you know what I mean? All these, these hangups, it makes it like such a temptation because it's forbidden fruit, right? For- True. The forbidden fruit part of it, you can't use that against them either. right you can't take my monogamy for me. Look, we can do <laughs> we can do capitalism. I'm right there with you, but I'm drawing a line at monogamy. That's too far. I don't, it, it, I don't, it's, it's a free culture. <laughs> you can be a monogamous. It's just whatever women meet and you meet may not be. <laughs> All right. That's fine. That's, that's how one. that that's how it goes. That's the system right now. Honestly, like, that is the system right now. Except, yeah, that's the system. Probably, should be able to marry. You should have people being able to marry in groups. Um, sure, you know, that, that should kind of be there. Look, the ultimate goal. I mean, what we're really painting here, right, is that like we we want people to be able to be in a society in a world where it's possible for them to actually figure out who they really are, right. Or who they'd like to be. And then, um, without having to say you, without having to compare yourself to the other to make yourself feel better. Exactly. That's essentially the system. And, and that, um, that person can, um, you know, can do well, can, can live and, and be comfortable, you know, and be able to pursue their dreams, you know. Um, yeah. We don't want
1: everyone to be the same. Not at all. Really. But equal doesn't like, you know, I wouldn't want to be a fucking billionaire.
0: Like at all. I like. Yeah, you were telling me. <laughs> you were telling me about that. I wouldn't, you know, I've seen, honestly, I've seen what happens to people when they come into money and it's not good. Like it's, it's really, really not good. And I also just wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have like the things that billionaires have. You know, like I, I, I wouldn't want to have like a big house. You know, it just, this just feels like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> if I was really into fixing houses, then yeah, I guess I'd want a big house because right. then I'd be doing the shit I love all the time because you'd be constantly fixing it. Exactly. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more into music, I guess. And you know what I mean? Like, so. That's, that's really what we want is we want to be able to create a society where a person can, you know, be themselves and be able to be themselves and be able to pursue their interests.
1: Right? Without,
0: without, ste- stepping on anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> Shadow is uh, agreeing with us. Also the person underneath. The people who live beneath me cannot close their door quietly. <laughs> They're incapable of that. <laughs> so. So, likes to let them know. Um, all right. So, then what? Then what do we do? Honestly,
1: like after that, I don't know what's
0: left. <laughs> yeah. The next generation takes care of it after that. I mean, if you can fix that, those two big things. I mean, the most urgent thing is like, because like it's an emergency situation, is the police factor. And yeah. directly related to that is the government's broken too. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't think you can fix the government just like, like capitalism and like the police, all those things need to be broken, and something else needs to be put in place. Right? Doesn't work. The police don't work. The capitalism doesn't work. It's all intertwined. Right. Right. But so once it's capitalism is all- going, even if you kept this government, which would pretty much be impossible right. under a non-capitalist system, it right, would fall apart just just by its nature. We have to make it work better um, right. to the point where people can, you know. Um, have the right tools necessary to know what to, how to reshape the world. So it's sort of like a soft revolution. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, um, it's, a, it's a soft kind of change like that. Because we know what would happen if this turned into like a race, like if what's going on right now in America turned into the, like the race war that everyone talks about, right. like that one, it, this isn't going to be like a Phoenix rising from the ashes story. You know, this (laughs) is going to be fucking the... We'll we'll weaken ourselves and then all the enemies they spent the time making will pounce. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Nothing will be undone by that. You know, nothing whatsoever. So, you know, when you compare and contrast, like, history, right, when you look at, like, you know, the rise of the, I guess, the Mongolian Empire versus the rise of the Persian Empire, on one hand, you've got the world's most You know, I mean, the the, Genghis Khan brought an apocalypse to the world. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what they did, that was apocalyptic. I mean, whole peoples were destroyed and merged with Mm -hmm. and everything else, you know, to the point where now one of every 300 Chinese men are direct descendants of Genghis Khan himself. That's crazy. You know, that that's like really, really insane versus the rise of Persia and Cyrus the Great, which was. A, you know, maybe a, a very politically savvy person in Cyrus the Great, or maybe a truly benevolent person in Cyrus the Great, but recognizing that the world around him had gone to shit and that um, people in, in you know, Babylonia, et cetera, and the way folks were being treated by the Babylonians, you know, where they would go in and, and instead of just subjugating a people, they would destroy their temples and, you know, um, Uh, exile the people and send them around the world and all that stuff. And the, the Israel, you know, the Israelites, the Jews of that time definitely hit that. I mean, you know, they got to Israel and they destroyed the first temple and they, you know, sent Jews into the first exile and all this stuff. And along comes Cyrus the great who's talking about, you know, there's actually a much easier way to do this. (laughs) Like I could just come there and I could, just tell you that you have the capability of governing yourself exactly and how you govern it. And if you just join me in my empire, my growing empire, I'll fund you. I'll pay you to rebuild your Holy temple and to bring, you know, your people back to Israel and do all that stuff. And guess what he did? He just did that. And it mm-hmm. became an enormous empire because of how he like followed through with those things. So like, this is almost like, Instead of a single person who can be assassinated coming up and being like, this is a better thing. This is like a zeitgeist of ideas functioning like Cyrus the Great did in the growth of the Persian Empire. You know, like everyone's just like, all right, there's a much better way to do this. Let's just fucking do it. Um, Yeah. And, you know, there's those little pieces and a lot can change. Um, I think there's a couple things that can be done for the government to make it better. Um, first thing is, we talked about in a couple episodes before, I think, um, divorcing the president from the uh, um, choice of Supreme Court justice. Mm. That's just so what do you do, just have them be elected like everyone else, et cetera. You can either elect a Supreme Court justice or make that a different person. So make that like another person that you elect that this, that's this is like a head of a judiciary and that person gets elected separately from the president, just on a different ballot, you know? Gotcha. So, so that way folks aren't like stuck on, well, I need to vote this president who's a lunatic, but you know, at least we'll put the right judges in place. Um, You know, I think that'll make a big difference. And then in elections, at least, um, presidential elections. And then the other piece is, um, uh, I think you have to take money out of, I think you have to take all the money out of government. Like, it really needs to be, like, a position for the wonky, you know? (laughs) For, like, the people who are, like, really interested in policy. And, like, not for self-gain. So uh, all lobbying needs to be, like money funds and things like that needs to just be out of it that might have to be some sort of i wonder i wonder shouldn't say has to be out, but i wonder if money uh if you're in that middle stage with the government maybe that's a the spending is better suited to like a popular vote
1: like you have all these things that need to be funded
0: yeah and actually put that to the popular vote. Yeah, we actually have proper school funding for once. We do that in California, by the way, we call those props. Mm. And uh, in every election, you end up with a bunch of different props, which is putting to the popular vote, all the things that are mm-hmm. happening in the community. So, you know, they want to put a park somewhere. It's a prop. They want to do this somewhere. You have gotcha. to be re- in order to vote well on it. You have to be pretty educated but they do give you write-ups in each thing and then you're choosing based off of how they present it so like you know 300 words on why to vote this yes 300 words on why to vote it no you make the decision and um and it makes for a crazy voting experience where like you don't just go (laughs) in a booth and vote like you're you're you sit there and you're there for like an hour it's like taking a test you know but that's (laughs) that's democracy you know that's how it goes so California they do it yeah yeah Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's how marijuana got legalized in California by vote. Ah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the politicians had to agree to put it to vote. But sure, sure. they put it to vote and then it got voted, you know. Yeah, and it makes it easier for you as a politician because you don't have to say, oh, I legalized weed. It's like, no, you you guys did that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely in a, in agreement with that, you know. Um well right now you have a situation where, you know, someone comes in into like the Senate or Congress and they want to get on some committee or something. They actually have to buy their way onto the committee. Did you know that?
1: Essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like your average politician, it's about 80% of their job is raising money. And then they're beholden to their angel donors that give them you know, millions of dollars to do what they ask them to do. So the only moment where the democratic forces are, you know, happening is during the actual elections themselves. Once the election is over, the politicians are just doing whatever the fuck they want to do, or even more specifically, they're doing whatever the fuck the wealthy people are telling them. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a problem. But like, I think there are people in the world, like in America who would do government at like a pauper's salary
1: mm-hmm. just,
0: just because it's
1: what they believe in, you know?
0: I mean, oh, no, they can, yeah, <laughs> they could parlay that into something, you know, they could parlay that into something afterwards. because it's still power um, or authority, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think you have to divorce the wealthy from political power. So, yeah, it's there's gotta be some way to <laughs> to break
1: it in the uh, interim.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you think about a nationwide salary cap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Uh, and like I always say, like you know, the taxes the taxes should be equal pain. Right? Yeah, not yeah, not equal percentage, but equal pain. So whatever I'm paying hurts me to a certain degree in very real ways. That does yeah. not, you know hurt the next guy of the food chain but yeah he he should be worried the billionaire like me should be worried about his next meal or none of us should be worried about our next meal
1: yeah yeah that's kind of my option
0: yeah absolutely
1: so whatever it takes to make that happen and uh.
0: absolutely absolutely so all right these are the beginning of ideas. So how do you, what, what, I mean, besides for like publishing this episode and having, you know, a few people listen to it, what do we do? Like, how do we, how do we do this? No, I'm sorry. That's
1: classified.
0: (laughs) Oh God. I think like, I I I mean, if if you want to do it, the, the, (laughs) the safe way, Mm. right then this is all amendments to the Constitution. Right. So that right. means you have to get some people who actually govern and not just stick to their side and always just vote against the other side. Right. That That's what that would take. And then right down the line, little by little, you can start easing that Constitution into something that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, and I think it's also probably you know, just from, for me and you, like the day to day of not being afraid to engage people on these issues, you know, don't just like drive past the lady at the table with the sign, um, you know, don't be afraid to go up and ask those questions and see what you can sort of pop in and, and don't hide yourself from these conversations. You know what I mean? Like, um, right. it's not enough to just go and march. Like we have to just keep talking about it, keep talking about it, keep talking about it. And then your idea is like, you know, it's not spitting in, the, like you spit in the ocean and you know, theoretically, it gets deeper, but like fucking <laughs> that, not that much, you know, and it can feel hopeless. So it's not spitting in the ocean. It's like adding to the, you know, where the conversations are. So um, I, I engage by some the, of these politicians by electing some progressives for, for, for sure. Extreme progressives. Yeah. God forbid the young should like, like vote. mess. Us. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah oh yeah. man you know um yeah i'm in i'm in absolute agreement with that for sure um and i think you know like for us like i do think that it makes a lot of sense for us to keep pushing the convers- like pushing this conversation in between me and you i mean if nothing else like obviously i enjoy talking to you and all that stuff and you and i have always enjoyed having deep conversations and it's been a you know, it was years between having them and, and we've been kind of on a roll recently. And uh, <laughs> as much as you think that, like, for example, maleness or masculinity isn't a thing to dive into, it still really defines our society. And young people are figuring this shit out. So they're going to outnumber us eventually in terms of like, OK, well, they know what's really going on and we don't. Um, but uh, in the meantime, toxic masculinity is a problem. Like a huge problem. That's very true. Yeah. 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 So maybe we dive into maleness. Maybe we keep talking, you know, and like and explore it along those lines and then do something, you know, maybe do capitalism first and look at the history of capitalism and just looking undo that. And then let's undo maleness. And then let's undo organized religion, you know. (laughs) All that shit. And then a thousand years from now, people look back and say, it's the fault of these two idiots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, we'll be the two brothers who built Rome. You know, <laughs> what were the names? Romulus and uh, Remus. Steve? Romulus. <laughs> Romulus and Stephen was it? Something like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So uh, I don't know. A part of, <laughs> I was thinking that it would be funny, like for uh, you to give me a quick pop quiz to make sure that, like, I'm actually all the way there now. you know that that, uh um the thing uh um all right so it's uh i i i know you know this because we've talked about it before but what's the it's like a riddle where it's like uh, a man and his son are in a car accident the man is killed and the son is rushed to the hospital and the surgeon sees the boy and says i can't operate on this boy for he is my son who's the surgeon and uh, the answer is his mom. You know, <laughs> it's, like a, mm-hmm. it's obvious, right? Women can be surgeon, but like a lot of like a lot of people are just like, I don't know, who's the surgeon? His dad's dead, so who could the surgeon be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, you're seven, still but... stuck on the a uh, guy and a son, a guy and a son. So it's like already in your brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> did, did he have another father? You know, this <laughs> is a stepdad. Like what was going on? That, that would be the truly woke answer right (laughs) he's like his other father right the other father is the answer (laughs) exactly even your riddles are out of date (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you god damn it why am I so white ugh kill me now that's the solution Uh, all the white people need to die and just me in front of the line just like come on guys (laughs) let's go (laughs) Oh, that's fucking hilarious, man. But uh, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like maybe this is like, yeah, a, like a pop quiz. Like, okay, are you there? So let's go. Do You got anything for me? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't have any riddles. <laughs> All right. Well, based off of what you say, I mean, you at least believe in concept. Capitalism needs to go. You're just not fully convinced. I think that you know such a thing is possible, or how that would be possible. Um, I know it's possible. I just need to I need to know how the story ends. He he, he says it in the, in the voice of like, yeah, it's also po- possible that I'm Superman, but
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> no, it's it Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like I need to I, I want to know the other like I, I you know, it just feels like a non-starter for me to be like um I'm anti-capitalist. I'd rather be a something else and then anti-capitalist is the result of me being that something else. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to just be anti-capitalist. I want to be pro something. So, like, I want to know... Well, like, how about pro-truth and pro-actual meritocracy? I don't, I don't know what you would call those things. <laughs> I could get behind actual, actual meritocracy, meritocracy. Meritocracy, meritocracy are never actually talking about meritocracy. That's the so point. Well, yeah, I could get behind a real meritocracy. Yeah. By the purest um, so meritocracy people now, people must just mean like I'm white and therefore I'm I married. Know. You. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> unequal. Like, oh, no, no, that's yeah, that.
0: <laughs> yeah. We live in a great meritocracy. Unequal education, unequal opportunity, great. unequal everything. No, I, I could get behind the real life merit. You know, a real pure meritoc- meritocracy. I'm there.
1: I can do that for sure.
0: You know one hundred percent we 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 have the truth you, we know what's fake and what's real, essentially, yeah, and if we don't know, we know enough to teach the next generation right. and and if you don't really need a hierarchical structure because we have votes, Yeah, right <laughs> so yeah. we yeah. have the technology to make sure those votes are heard, so like, right, exactly. exactly. What's your like with the allocation of resources? We have the technology to create that and track it and distribute that as well. How do you feel about competition? I need to be more specific. <laughs> just like uh, even just competition in general. Uh, well, in general, I think it works for probably most
1: people most of the time. Right? Yeah. But not everybody, not every, cause some, if you're interdirected, then, like me, I'm completely interdirected, like, I don't meet, period. Like,
0: it's like whatever you, not me and you, but just the next guy is into, I'm, I'm not into that. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, you have fun doing that, I'm perfecting Minecraft, have fun, whatever it is you're doing. Like, <laughs> so for me, yeah. it never really worked, but yeah, but I get it for most people most of the time to have somebody to measure yourself against gives them a little extra energy to keep pushing. I've gotten much better about, so I've, I've always had a problem with competition. Like it, it always bothered me. Even when I was a kid, I couldn't really get into like being on the high school basketball team, for example, right. because it just, it just didn't really interest me to like compete on that level. Um, I never really enjoyed like, physically fighting other kids, even though I, I knew how to fight, but I never really enjoyed it because again, it like that kind of competition, like never really kind of got to me, but it was still my own version of competition, which is like, I'm going to be the most individual person here, you know, or like, um, I used to have like that. It's still there, but I'd honor it less. Um, meaning I, I don't allow myself to like, Openly talk about it, but you know this stuff. It's like you're dating someone, and it's like, "Am I the best you've ever had?" You know, (laughs) like stupid (laughs) thing. I have to know. I need to know. (laughs) Am I the (laughs) best? Backing someone in the corner, you know, to answer that question. It's such a stupid question. In a meritocracy, just the fact that you're with that woman now defines you as the best ever website. I, <laughs> I guess that's right. <laughs> Otherwise, she wouldn't be with you, right? That's a good fucking point. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have recorded this a couple days ago. <laughs> that's it's fucking funny. Otherwise, I'd be with somebody else yeah uh so far in case you're keeping score not that it's a competition but you fucking win the podcast with that last one wow. <laughs> and another the other one that you made uh, about uh the extinction event you know <laughs> like those two pieces oh yeah yeah, yeah, you burst, yeah you definitely won the podcast for sure <laughs> but uh no like uh, i i look at competition and i'm like i'm uh I, I I do certain things competitively, like where I'm like competing with myself, you know, like if I exercise, I want to go further than I did the last time or whatever. So competing against your last time or whoever, like your, whatever your ideal version of yourself is. Um, and then there's like those sort of prideful things, which is like, I want to be the best this that I, you know, that anyone's ever seen the best that that anyone's ever seen, you know? Um, and so like that, there's plenty of that stuff, you know? Um, and I've seen what happens in like a socialist space where people are like worth the same, considered to be completely equal no matter what they do. And what happens in that space where they kind of do away with competition is that folks then just don't push themselves to be great. I found. Yeah, well, it's, it's because all right. So here here's the this this is why what I'm proposing is not socialist because that has nothing to do with us uh, saying uh you're all equal because there's no hierarchy, but that's not the same as saying you're all the same person. It's right. just saying you need to perfect whatever it is that you are and then apply that to the betterment of society. Because right. equal just means like we're all humans. There is no race. Right. And in another right. sense uh at least as far as power structures, there's no gender. Right. Right. We can agree on that, and power power structure has no agenda. Right. So, as humans, we are all equal and worthy of life and opportunity and survival and all these education, all these things that are that are available. And then right. after we help each other achieve those things, go out and do what you got to do for yourself. Right. Right. Which would bring us to what the difference is between even the most ideal version of what capitalism is versus the most ideal version of what the meritocracy might look like. Whereas like in capitalism, even in the word, the purpose is capital, you know, yes. it's money. So your product it's you know, the success your ability to make money off of your product is partially based on the quality of the product, but mostly based on your ability to sell it. So worse products do better all the time because of how they're sold. You know? Yeah. There's a gazillion examples for that. Like a gazillion. Marketing is is more important than R&D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dating our age, anyone in their 40s or older would understand this one. It's hard to believe that Hydrox were the original Oreos. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: look at Hydrox came first you know, and then came the Oreos and they won, (laughs) but that's like, you know, and they were constantly on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's like, uh, you know, that's sort of how capitalism works there, which is like, you know, you place the emphasis on marketing, um, more so than the quality of the product. So in the meritocracy, it's the quality of the product wins out, right. In an ideal world, that's kind of like where it gets there. So if you're a sword maker and I'm a sword maker, then, you know. And if the purpose of the product is to enhance yourself and enhance your society, right, make the next generation, me, the next generation have a better time with it, have better opportunities, then, you know, have right. a completely different line of products. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. It's not that you're going to have no products. That's always the thing. Oh, if you do socialism, you're not going to have the iPhones. <laughs> Like that's the measure of a culture to have an iPhone. Like, no, you're still going to have tech, and like I said, you're still going to have weapons too. There's still other countries out there. There's still other problems. Yep, but it has to start somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. We remember so uh, if, you, if you have if you have all well, if you, um, I guarantee it. If you open education up properly, you're going to have way more mathematicians, scientists, engineers, and that automatically translates into a better weapons. Yeah. And, th- and that, that, by the way, is a, and that, and that speaks to where we are now, you know, because those, yeah. those types of jobs are available to people. And so more, you know, the human brain has the ability to kind of, you know, use more of its capacity based off of the types of different things that we're making, you know, so yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do we do here? How do we, like, I mean, this is, like, just part three. I'm going to keep, like, trying to work it to get us to keep going. Um, and I don't
1: know.
0: <laughs> I honestly, like, I don't know what to kind of talk about next. Yeah, I mean, next. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, except to kind of, uh, you know, tie a bow on the end of at least a couple of things we've been talking about here. Um I did talk to my daughters now about systematic racism. I hadn't done that before. Um, so that's happened. And it was a really interesting conversation. They knew more than I thought they would know. Um, they reacted to me pretty typical in terms of like how <laughs> kids react to you, especially at the age that my daughters are, because mine are 10 and 13 now. Um, And, uh, by that, I mean, you know, kind of, okay, dad, you know, whatever, like you know, kind of rolled their eyes at me and all that stuff. But I also, they, they were also listening as they were doing that. Um, and then I charged them with the task of giving some good, serious thought themselves about what we can do as a family, um, to respond to, um, you know, issues with racism in our country and especially with how African Americans are treated and how, Native Americans are treated. Um, and so, uh, um, you know, they're taking time doing research now. We've had a couple of extra conversations, including in the car ride today, um, about how to respond. And so we've talked about finding, like you suggested, you know, um, minority owned businesses and, 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 you know, making sure that we work, we go there. Um, and, uh, as a recruiter, um, which is the, you know, the work I do outside of, uh, this podcasting stuff, um, I'm committed to, and I I always have been, but kind of even more so now to finding candidates who are minorities and not white to help them find jobs more so than white people. Um, and, uh, different kinds of pieces like that to like, try to jump in and, um, and make a difference there. Um, and then it's also me just talking to them about it. Like, you know, driving home the point so that they then have a starting point to develop their ideas and take it even further. So that's what I've done. And it's all been inspired by our conversations and all the things that are sort of going on there. Um, moving beyond that. Yeah. All big steps. Um, moving beyond that. You know, I'm I guess I need to continue to work on breaking my addiction to capitalism. Um And I'd love to talk with you about materialism, especially, because I'm like, I'm not that much of a material guy, but fuck, I love watches, man. really love
1: watches.
0: (laughs) You know? Good pair of boots. You know what I mean? Like, digital watches or like the old school, two hands and a nice ticking sound. I mean, analog all the way. Who needs a digital watch? Fuck a digital watch. You know? Fuck a digital watch. I mean, do you realize, like, a watch is... One of the oldest and like a clock, a working clock is one of the world's oldest inventions. And all it does is measure the movements of bodies in space. It's awesome. You know, it really is. Yeah. And I'm not even that materialistic in terms of watches. Like, I don't want like a $10,000 watch on my wrist. Someone will chop my, like, I don't want like something on my mm-hmm. wrist that my hand is worth less than, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm going to chop my hand off and take the watch. My hand is like probably just, you know, maybe a thousand bucks at most, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I need that, but give me like a good solid, like $500 watch. And I'm, I'm really happy, you know, am I, is there something wrong with that? Should I like stop feeling that way? So as as long as there's no, uh, you know, little kids in a mine, (laughs) right? That that's that's the that's really the problem it's not the, the products a lot of times it's like are the products destroying people or the environment or humiliating yeah. people or yeah that, that that's that's kind of what you have to look at oh okay yeah okay so i only i'm or like uh, who, who who owns that watch company and what are they into you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. gets a little tricky yeah so i don't know where I the middle. Metal- uh, yeah. i was just shopping for like hospital scrubs and i was like trying to you know or is there any my I already owned like the quality, this, that, the other, and finally, like said a little on one. I actually just had a very diverse board. So you uh, running the show. You looked into that, like you really looked into I that. Looked into it. All right, so I need to do that too. So the company that I, I there's only one company that I buy watches from. It's this local company in Southern California called uh, Nixon Watch Company, and they're based in Encinitas. They do all their watch building in Encinitas. I don't know where they get the materials from, but there's no like diamonds in these watches or anything like that. So I'm not right. worried about that. Honestly, cell phones are the worst, man. Cell phones are one of those things, like, we've talked about, like, that bad, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all yeah. the, uh, the the blood diamonds. Like, like, globally. They're, like, globally bad because there's, like, the lithium being mined out of Africa in most cases uh-huh. <laughs> under, like, disastrous circumstances. And then yep. there's, like, people in Asia, like, jumping out of uh, buildings, killing themselves for a deadline. Yeah,
1: yeah. Bad over the ground as far
0: as Yeah. Far. And they're all bad. <laughs> they're all bad. It, now, I need to say it, but that was one of the things I think uh, Trump uh, mentioned early on in his reign of terror. and That you know they should be making the iPhones here. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, that's going to make them even more astronomically expensive. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, fine with that. Like, <laughs> fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 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 um, you know continuing to, to really luxury good. And yeah, you know, what are you going to make it more luxury? Fine, it's fine. Oh yeah, that, pay somebody a decent living wage and give them a decent schedule to do it. And put them in union. Yep. Sure. So oh, and, Go ahead. yeah, the, the continuing to you know um, completely steal all of the resources from the continent of Africa is astounding. All right, this has never stopped. You know, it's absolutely never stopped. So it's, uh, it's stunning. And I don't know, are there phone options that don't do that? Like pretty much any cell phone you're getting is, is, uh, complicit to all that shit. Right. Um, I'm sure there isn't, I'm sure there's going to be uh, one or two that we don't know about. You know what I mean? I bet you if you do a Google search and you'll find something that's, uh, done correctly. I, I'm betting not. Yeah, in the old, no matter whenever somebody's doing some evil stuff on one in the spectrum, you always got somebody doing the opposite. But don't you they think they would somebody. be, like, for the most part, when someone's doing the opposite, that becomes one of their selling points, right? Sure. Like, don't buy the iPhone. They get their lithium in Africa, and people are dying over there from that stuff. <laughs> buy the buy this phone because it's, uh we only mind, you know, we have ethical practices. Like, that would make a big difference. Like, we would know, wouldn't we? The cell phones especially? No, because you're buying the platform, right? You're buying the platform, but you, yeah. Yeah, so if that, if that, if that company is uh, not an Android-related phone, right, if it's not in the Google marketplace and it's not in the iTunes uh, marketplace, right. you're not going to hear about it. They don't have the dollars to get the word out about their product. Yeah, the best product in the world, like we are saying with marketing, but if you can't tell anybody about it. It's also fucking weird. I, I learned recently, mm. I got a new cell phone now, and I learned getting that cell phone, or at least someone told me, that Samsung actually makes Apple phones. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I have no that's idea. That's what they said. Yeah. Like, Apple phones are actually... I'm sure parts of it, because I believe it's like different parts are yeah. made in different places. so yeah. There might be some parts of it. Well, like my phone can charge wirelessly an, an Apple phone now, an iPhone. Like, uh, you can set an iPhone on top of my phone, and I can set my phone in a way that will charge the iPhone. Hmm. Yeah. So, it's just all kinds of weird. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? Uh, yeah, something about me being right and the whole world being wrong. I don't know. wasn't boring? it. For? Yeah, that's what we've discovered. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone like, uh, I think, I think, um, you know, when I was like, and I still am, obviously, but like, really focusing in on like, you know, what I need to do and wh- how I need to fix myself and all that stuff. There's a lot of energy that goes there, but then we kind of run into a wall when it comes to, okay, now we translate that into, you know, whatever. But the, um, the, Quote from a rabbi that kind of sticks with me the most here, um, Rabbi Hillel, who was like the, one of the two original rabbis, had this great quote where he said, um, it's not upon you to complete the task, but nor are you um free to stop doing it. Like, you're not allowed to desist from it either. So it's this really yeah. interesting statement in terms of just like what life is, right? I mean, um, yeah. I mean, what are the, like, you're sick of it, right? So here's, like, I I feel like my neural pathways are different now. I feel like I'm seeing things now I didn't see before. Um, but we're going to stop this conversation and nothing real in your life is going to change, you know, in terms of how the police respond to you and racism you feel in society and everything else. Um, and you're sick of it at this point. Um, so, you know, I get to feel changed, but you have to just go back to just being what's been the whole time um and that's pretty fucking awful and if we're being like honest with ourselves i don't know is it re- do you think it's really going to change like do you think that this momentum can keep up and that we'll actually be able to bring some sliceable changes right now at least in the police force if you would ask me uh last year let's say yeah i had these people I would just say, no, there's no way that, that this momentum's going to go. But now seeing how it's going and it's global and it hasn't stopped. Yeah, I think something's going to come of this. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Um, unfortunately, I think we're kind of stuck a little bit between a rock and a hard place because in a weird way some of these issues would be better off maybe if Trump wins. How mm, so? Well... It's um, galvanizing people against him, you mean? Yeah, white people are going to go home if we feel like we got the president we want in there. Don't you think? Mm,
1: I don't know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm a little nervous about
0: that it. That yeah i a little nervous about. That. I just, I, but I, I guess I've looked at it the other way. Like, if he gets reelected, there's going to be hell to pay. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but even, that- even though I, even though I anticipate that he's going to win, I know he's way down in the polls. But that,
1: um, yeah, it's nothing. It means nothing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but then things will just things will get worse from the other direction. As far as like all the racist nonsense, the day he won, like the racism just like exploded. Yeah, it went crazy. People weren't hiding about it; just came back out the closet, like really weird. I know. Yeah, it went it went totally crazy. Um, but what we need is we need for uh, people like me to stay out in those streets fighting the good fight. And um, you know, if you feel like there's no one else out there doing it, then you have to get out there and do it. And right now, everyone has to get out there and do it. Um, and I'm a little afraid and that way maybe we're better off with someone like Biden running because I'm, I don't think Biden's going to change anything. So maybe, maybe we do still stay mad that Biden, you know, I'm, I'm not going to feel yeah, relieved he's too, when he's, he's too slow with, with anything because he doesn't believe anything's that wrong. He just thinks this Trump is wrong. It's like, no, yeah. it's way worse than that. Like, no, it's, it's way worse than that. Yeah. It's way worse than that. But so, uh, but yeah, but, but if more people, you know, vote with their dollars, that, is a momentum that will also keep going. Yep, yeah. As long as we have capitalism, it can be turned against itself. Yep, yeah. Like we've been seeing recently with uh, Facebook, although I know that's, like, short-term, that finally there's advertisers pulling away from them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, It's you know... Who who wants their ad shown next to, like, some neo-Nazi stuff? Nobody! Yeah. (laughs) They brought it that way. Exactly, exactly. So, all right. So uh, to bring this um, first kind of set of conversations to a close, um, do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off now? It's been a little over two hours. Nah, nada, nada, nada. All right. So then for me on my side, you know, obviously, um, uh, once again, you know, I love you, man. <laughs> You're my oldest <laughs> friend. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I want to thank you for, for, for doing this, you know, for having the patience to sit with me and, um, listen to me kind of, you know, um, wring my hands about, uh, you know, all these different things that are going on and, uh, also very patiently kind of walk me through this to help me remove the blinders to the best of my ability up till now and to kind of see the world in a way that's maybe a bit more realistic in terms of how we got here and, and ideally how we can get out of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, you know, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, what I promised to you, you know, not just as a friend, but also honestly have to also say this, like as a, as an African American, um, that, uh, you know, I'm going to try to spend the rest of my days to do better. Um, than I've done so far and, uh, um, continue to build. uh, Yeah. No, I, uh, um, and to, you know, to, to, to continue to try to figure out how to, um, you know, make this, um, minimally a better place, you know, for you. Um, because, uh, you know, I know you would do the same for me. So, um, really appreciative of it. And, uh, yeah, stay, stay tuned because, um, you know, I really am going to try to convince you to continue the conversation but about other things and to try to continue to undo this stuff because it's, I don't want to, you know, it's hard to, you know, face these kind of challenges, but I also feel so much more powerful now in my vision of it because it's like, okay, now I, now I have a better understanding of really, really what's going on here. And now I, now I know better in terms of what has to be done. And so these arguments get put out, you know, so, um, so let's, let's do it. Anyway, anything else? Nah, man, that's it. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, brother. We're going to do it, man. All right, so uh, until next time, peace out.